Good morning, Cherubs. Good, Good morning, Heather. Heather. Hello and welcome to the Cherub Podcast. I'm your host, Guardian Angel and Big Sis Heather. You might know me from a little place called TikTok, maybe Instagram, or maybe even if you are a true Cherub Club member, you do. But if not, hi, I'm your new favorite podcast host. <laughs> I'm super excited for this first episode because I get to do my favorite thing talk about me. I'm also rocking the Cherub Club merch, shopcherubclub.com, only if you want, only if you really, really want, no pressure there. I am so excited to do this first episode because I figured we could treat it like a first date, you know, really get to know each other, really get to know the background and basically overshare over a glass or two of Ghost, which I already finished because it has taken me so many tries to get this. Really, it's just that my camera keeps overheating, which shouldn't matter because this is a podcast, but I guess now podcasts are also video. How are we feeling about the little cherub club corner? I'm in love, obsessed. At first I was like, it kind of looks a little juvenile, but I'm like, that's exactly what it needs to be because this is like healing my inner child. I get to talk about all my experiences and I really don't think that things happen for a reason. I think we assign the reason to them. And so me going over all my experiences and being able to give advice to people who maybe are going through it or haven't gone through it yet is giving a purpose. So I'm really excited. I just had a ton of pizza because it was taking so long. My husband literally went to go get pizza and give me a little break. So I'm full. I'm a little like bloated. I'm on my time of the month. Like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Okay. We've literally already been through the ringer and it's not even two minutes into the first episode. <laughs> Wanted to start off by saying I am a Gemini. Okay. And if that's a deal breaker, leave now or forever hold your peace. I'm a Gemini, sun, Virgo rising and Aquarius moon. A star was born on June 6th, 1996. And it was probably a beautiful sunny day in Anaheim, California. Because the Lord knows a special little baby was born that day. I was born to two undocumented immigrants, um, very uneducated, low socioeconomic backgrounds. And obviously they made it here to give me a better life and to give themselves a better life really because honestly, both of my parents are selfish. I don't currently talk to my parents though, but that's a story for another episode. I literally have met my dad a handful of times and I honestly wanted it that way because I just didn't care for him. I never had a father figure in my life. Therefore, I never missed a father figure in my life. Um, and my first language was actually Spanish, which makes the fact that I am currently a no sabo kid very embarrassing. Like I was asking my mom, ¿Qué están diciendo? Dime lo que significa esto. And then eventually the roles reversed when I went into school. But Maddie knew who she was from a very young age. And that's literally me from literally birth I was all about the outfits. I was all about changing three times a day. I knew how to blow out my hair for second grade. Like I would blow out my hair every single day to go to school. I had like a little short bob flipped at the ends. Like I was slaying every day. Every day I picked out my own outfit. I was indeed the best dressed. Shatter, you are killing the vibe. My co-host slash pet 
cheddar is freaking out because it's kind of stormy stormy baby i would also play with makeup and like for halloween i would do my own eyeshadow did i look crazy yes but i did it myself moi me no matter the fucking tax bracket your girl was always saying to school like that's one thing people would always comment on how cute my outfits were and how like put together I always was which growing up I knew we were poor so it was a little bit of a cognitive dissonance the fact that we would have like nice things sometimes like we would have seven jeans true religion jeans or like nikes and stuff we would have like nice barbies but at home there was like always crying or stressing over bills. Sometimes we couldn't make it. Sometimes we had to like go to a church pantry or sign up for a certain program to get paid rent. And I was always stressing about it, even though I couldn't do anything as a kid. Like it, it was always my responsibility to take up less space, to take up less like essentials. Um, I would even not ask to go on field trips because I didn't want to cost my family money. And I remember one time my teacher ended up calling my mom saying, Hey, this is a very important field trip. Like she's really going to be messing out if she doesn't go. And it's X amount of money. And my mom was like, what? I've never heard of this trip. And I remember I was so embarrassed when it was kind of like a little bit of a um, intervention when my teacher came up to me because he was like, did you not tell your mom about this? Like, is it about money? And I was like, my worlds were shattering because I was living like a Hannah Montana life. And mind you, I'm literally a, a little kid, like single digits. And I'm keeping two different realities far apart. Like my, according to to me. My friends didn't know that I was poor. I never complained about anything like that. I looked nice. I looked presentable. And at home, I knew we were always stressing and struggling to make ends meet. And here is the one person that knows me in both worlds. And they were confronting me about it. And I was like embarrassed. I think I cried. It was honestly like a scary moment as a kid. So that's just to say like it was a very stressful time growing up. And um when I was seven, my mom and her boyfriend had a baby who is my half-brother, and I pretty much grew up raising him. I took care of him. I would make like little snacks for him. I would take care of him when my mom was at work. Um, yeah, that was my little baby, okay? And I think this is also why um, it's taking me a little bit of time to accept not accept but want to become a mother because I've been a mother I was a mother to my mother I would take care of her I remember one time I don't know if this is like my imagination or if it happened but one time my mom came home she was drunk and like crawling on the floor and I was like patting her back like it's okay mommy it's gonna be okay and I remember she would leave me home alone to go on dates or clubbing and I would see her and her friends like hung over the next day and I would hear them talking about how oh I'm never gonna drink again and again a cognitive dissonance because Meanwhile, my mom was like very rigid. She would like talk about God all the time. My grandma was super duper strict, like almost Presbyterian Christian. Um, so it was just my whole life was very divisive, I guess, like literally two extremes of each side of a coin, which confused me a lot. And now 
as an adult, I've been to therapy and my therapist has suggested that my mom is bipolar. So that does kind of make sense as to why my childhood was a little bit confusing. Um, but anyways, my brother was born when I was seven. And when that happened, we moved to Irvine, which is a little bit of a higher tax bracket, a more um, affluent community. And I'm not going to say it's like mainly white people, but it's mainly white people that are rich. And um, very diverse community, I will say. I'm very blessed to have seen and heard and experienced a lot of different cultures. Whereas here in Texas, it's very much literally black or white or Hispanic. Um, but I am thankful for that because I met my best friends, Ashley and Brianna, when I went to Alderwood Elementary in Quail Hill in Irvine. If you know, you know. Um, I remember being like, oh my God, this is the nicest school ever. Like it's so bougie, everything's so clean, so new. And I was definitely very thankful and aware of how privileged I was to be going to school with such privileged people because I mean like I was privileged by proxy you know um I remember growing up in Irvine it was even more apparent to me how how much of a struggle my family was going through and like I would hear fights and I would see people crying and by people I mean my mom and I was there absorbing everything a lot of the pressure as well as I started getting older was like being the woman of the house, cleaning up and tidying up and taking care and not being out late and not talking to boys. Meanwhile, my brother didn't have any of the responsibilities. He didn't have to really pick up his room. He got to leave whenever and he got to escape basically like the emotional abuse that was going on in our house. My brother got to be a kid and for the longest time, like I have always been an adult. And I think that's also why for me now, a lot of the most fun activities are to just be a kid, like play and run around and watch kid movies. Even just now, I was watching Moana with my husband and I was fully in there. Whereas sometimes I'll watch adult movies and I'm disinterested. I need to be on my phone or like looking something else up because I'm just not able to focus. But in middle school, I was literally going home with Ashley every single day after school. The bus would drop us off and I would stay at her house until like seven or eight because my mom worked really late and she would come pick me up. I would probably go home and shower and go to bed but her parents literally did everything for me they would feed me like after school lunch and dinner and if we went out with them or if I went out with them they would pay for me like I would go to Ashley's soccer games and I would I was just like a full-on part of their family which was a little insane now that I look back like that is such a burden for them to take on they basically were a family of five when they only decided to be a family of four. So I am just forever grateful to them. They are literally angels in my life that I, I don't know where I would be if they weren't around, honestly. I was home alone a lot and that's when my YouTube obsession started. I started following like Juicy Star of Seven and Mac Baby, Mac Baby, Mac, oh my God, I cannot talk, Mac Baby 09, I think it was, and like Alicia Marie and all the OG people. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I've always loved it, but now I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with beauty and fashion and makeup and all the girly things. 
And to be honest, I wouldn't do my homework a lot because I was just watching YouTube literally from the moment I came home until the next moment that I had to go to school, basically. With that being said, I was an angel kid. I never snuck out. I never lied. I didn't date boys previous to when I was allowed to. Even after I was allowed to, I didn't really date boys. And going into high school, I was still best friends with Ashley, but she had been making more friends through sports or whatever club she was a part of, or even like SAT prep. And meanwhile, I was kind of not doing any of that because to be part of a sport or an extracurricular activity meant you had extra money and extra time, which if your parent is working overtime to just be able to provide the basics, you're not going to have that. So I was almost like staying back socially, if that makes sense. Like I was held back socially. Um, whereas I saw my friend like succeed and move on and start to grow and like pave her path towards college. And already I was dreading the idea of like people asking, oh, what college are you going to go to? Or like, what did you get on the SAT? Because my parents didn't know anything about that. I never knew when SAT prep started or when the tests were going on. And I legitimately think I lied to my friends. And I was like, oh yeah, I took it the other day. I don't know. I can't remember what my response was, but I literally was absolutely clueless because of this lack of knowledge, I almost felt a little lonely and like an outsider. And even though my best friend was the best friend, my best friend in the world knew everything except for the fact that I was poor and suffering emotionally and all this. Um, I would walk around aimlessly during lunch or like in between periods because I was like, well, I can't keep hanging on to her when she's moving on to different friends. I was like self-aware to know that I can't be glued to one person, but I wasn't, I don't know, developed enough maybe socially to like try to make friends elsewhere. Everyone decided where they were going to go to college and my friends were going to like U.S. schools and um, Ivy League schools and I went to IVC, which if you're from Orange County, it's just a community college, um, which is probably the least social community college I will add. So there I was again, feeling really isolated and lonely. And this is kind of a pattern that I've noticed like my whole life. I just feel lonely a little bit. Since I felt lonely and I didn't really make any new friends aside from the ones that I had made in high school who were still in the Orange County area, I downloaded this little app called Tinder and I started dating people. And I was notorious for just going on one date and my confidence started to go up because I realized like, not to be rude, but I am amazing and I am better than these dumb boys. Like some of these boys had no substance and I realized, wow, I am quite a deep thinker. I am a smart woman. I am driven and I've got a lot going for myself, even though comparatively speaking, I may not be going to an Ivy League school. I don't know. I've got some, I've got something special, right? And of course, everyone wants to think they have something special, but I actually am. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. During this time, I also started working like the summer before going to community college. And so I was gaining financial independence, which made me feel really liberated and really strong and confident and proud. And I was like, oh my God, I finally don't have to 
shy away from asking for money because I'm asking myself for money, you know, like I can do it myself. So I felt really strong, really independent and excited. I started buying myself clothes and I would not say no to going out with friends anymore because I don't have to ask my mom or my dad for money. Like I am my own source. So that was really exciting until my wings got clipped. My mom was like, hey, by the way, you're going to give half of your checks to me for rent. And I was like, what? Um, At the time, I didn't know, but that was her form of financial ab- abuse. I don't know if she didn't want me to leave or what, but basically she was ensuring that I couldn't be as free as most people would be at that age. So I was paying bills. I was making my own money. I was going to school, paying for my own school. And I still had like curfew and rules to follow of her household, which like, what me? I not only had to contribute financially, I also had to abide by my mother's rules. And on top of it, my mom started to exercise financial abuse over me. So anytime that I tried to change into a job that was better paying, I would get charged more, whether it be more rent or more bills, or now I have to take care of my own groceries. Uh, There was this one instance that I started to take care of my own groceries and I didn't have any clean water. So I poured myself a little bit of my mom's water, like a gallon. She caught me and she literally made me pour my water back into the jug. If that just illustrates what kind of mom I had, I'm sure you can understand where I'm coming from now. With every job that I took on, I started feeling more confident because I had to sell myself to all these employers. And as I was selling them myself, I was also selling myself to myself. Like I was buying the idea that, yeah, I am this amazing person. So my confidence started to increase through that. I started working at this one hair salon and I was taking on 14 hour days in attempts to try to make more money. But in California, when you work more, you also get taxable. So um, it really wasn't paying off as much as I had hoped. And I started to cut class and drop on my grades and I just wasn't performing. And I ended up dropping out of school. So that added a layer of shame to the fact that I didn't do the typical college prep that everyone else did. I didn't get into these UCs and Ivy League schools that all my peers got into. Now, on top of the fact that I went to a community college, I also just dropped out of that community college. But I was now able to work more and I was really hell-bent on getting out of my house because I knew it was very toxic and it was draining and I just couldn't see a way out. So I took on another job. It wasn't a great job. It was a low-paying job at Dave Buster's, but I took on another job. So now I was literally working all day, every day. I also let go of my car lease because I was like, I am literally just working to pay for my car and my insurance just to drive to work to pay off this car and insurance. So let go of that. And as I let go of that expense, I was also let go of my higher paying job. So I was back to square one, except now I didn't have a car. I had to bike 
myself to this shitty job. And that's why I say like some things just don't happen for a reason because you would think like, oh, the universe would pay me my hard work off and my efforts by, you know, sending me a blessing. Nope. Uh, granted at that point, I probably wasn't in the best headspace. So I was attracting not so good experiences. Um, at the time I also was, I met a boy on Tinder who happens to be my husband now. And I can do a whole separate podcast episode on dating and meeting my husband and marriage and all that. But I met him and through him, I found confidence because he was so loving and supporting and he really like made me feel like I'm this amazing woman and I'm so smart and I'm so inspiring and I'm so fun and hardworking. And then I met his family and they took me in and loved me without knowing me. And that also added confidence because my whole life I had felt like I had to earn love through, you know, caring or chores or being my mom's therapist or her best friend or her babysitter. And meanwhile, I just met them and they loved me and they took me in like nothing. So I was gaining confidence with that. And so at home, I was standing up for myself because I finally had the confidence too. And of course, my mom was threatened by this and she continued to physically, verbally, and financially amused me. And it got to the point where she kicked me out. And again, I can do a separate podcast episode on family and getting kicked out and getting out and everything like that. But she kicked me out and it was probably the best thing she could have ever done for me because I just had to figure it out. I was kind of homeless for a little bit. I say homeless, but my best friend's parents took me in and they let me stay in their house until I figured out my life. I maxed out a credit card to get all of my furniture and clothes and stuff into storage and I was looking at apartments and then my husband proposed. We got married. We moved to Texas and this is like fast forward to COVID times. So I moved to Texas and I started to feel really lonely Mind you, I had also just gone through this whole like family ordeal, cutting off my the last bit of family I had, right? So I felt really lonely, but I chalked it up to COVID. And then things started opening up and I went back to work and I had coworkers, but I still felt lonely and I was really sad. And I downloaded this little app called TikTok and it I was making stupid videos like lip syncing or whatever. And one day I make a video of my own voice and I'm doing a finger, put a finger down challenge and it happens to go viral. But the comments on it are mixed between the comments about the video and then girls asking, oh my God, I love your hair. I love your makeup or I like your nails or your jewelry. Like, can you please do a video about this or that? And I was like, whoa, um, I've literally been dreaming about this my whole childhood. I grew up wanting to be iCarly and then I grew up wanting to be Juicy Star with Seven and here I have an accidental viral video with people asking me to do what I love, which is hair, makeup, and fashion. Hell yeah. Um, 
So I start doing videos maybe like one a week, which now looking back is definitely not enough to keep the interest of that viral video, um, which I'm a little sad about. I feel like I could have really taken advantage and like gone full force with the videos at the time, but I had a full-time job. It was exhausting. I had two hours of commute every day and I would come home mentally and physically exhausted. So I would literally do videos on the weekend and eventually I kept doing them and I would be made fun of by my coworkers. Like I would go on my lunch to take pictures of my outfit in the parking garage or I would film like outfit TikToks and I would get like little comments like, oh, she's running to the garage again. Are you going to go take pictures? And I on one occasion did hear people laugh. Um, But that only like fueled me more because I was like, I know that there's actually people out there that want to see these things. And one day one of my managers was like, hey, I think I saw your video on TikTok. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But little did I know that that was the beginning of like, oh shit, people are seeing my stuff. And it's not just like little invisible numbers. It's actual people. I moved on to another job. Um, It was like kind of my dream job. Ever since I started working in fashion, I always dreamt of working for this company. I went there and it was probably the one of the better experiences I've had. I got complete freedom. But then along came this woman who I think in retrospect was just meant to take me out of my comfort zone because if it were not for her, I probably would still be at this company enjoying my days, just listening to podcasts on the job. Like it was such a chill job. I really did enjoy it. But in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger to be who I am today. But she, for some reason, like thought I was in competition with her. I don't know what her deal with it was because I'm sorry. There's no competition, maybe. Like I'm just obviously better. Like I'm sorry that you thought we weren't even in competition. That's embarrassing. But she would literally bring things up to the manager and the manager would be like, girl, she's literally crazy. I swear if she brings this up one more time, like she's getting fired. And I literally was like, honestly, I'm here for fun. Like I'm at the point where I don't need to be here. Okay. And I would bring it up to my husband and he'd be like, yeah, you don't need to be there. Like you literally can make more off of one video than you do from two weeks of 40 hour weeks there. So it's a no brainer. So I literally was like, honestly, if it's between me and her staying, like I will leave. Don't you worry. It's not, it's not a big thing. So I quit and I started going full time and I was like slamming out seven videos a day. Um, And then the loneliness hit at this point, my husband and I had bought our house way out in the boonies. And if I felt lonely and sad before it really hit then because I was far away. I couldn't be distracted. Um, I couldn't really do a lot out there besides go to Starbucks and Walmart and Sonic. So I gained weight and I got sad and I was alone in the house for a lot of the day just thinking about, wow, I've been through such rough times and now all I have to do is sit and think about it. It only took like three or four years for me to realize um yeah I hate Texas fuck this place 
and everyone in it. Just kidding. I love you guys. This is actually where I found my cherubs. So it will always have a purpose to me. And I feel like I could not have stepped away from a job in California just because everything's so expensive. But I was able to like build a foundation here with you guys and now we can go back. Um, but in that house, I realized I am not happy. Buying a house is not what's going to make me happy. You know, when I was little, I always wanted a happy family under one roof in a house with streets where I could play with kids and be safe and stuff. And I thought in buying the house, it would heal that. And suddenly I would like be happy. But I realized that a house is really not that great if you aren't happy in it. And I, yeah, I was just cooped up all day and I wasn't able to do the activities that I wanted to do, which was really be just outside. It's just miserable here. Sorry, respectfully. (laughs) So pretty much literally a year after we bought it to the day, I was like, yo, dude, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm depresso espresso. It's not getting better. It's only been getting worse. We got to get out. So we devised a plan. And if it were up to me, we would have sold the house and gone straight to California like immediately. But we decided to take it in stages. And so my proposition was, I'll give it another year in Texas. We'll move closer to Dallas where there's more activities, even though it's not, you know, ideal still. There's a little bit more to do when you get closer into the city. So we moved, we sold the house, and luckily we are surrounded by more nature. So there is an aspect that I like better, but it's still not quite home. We visited California recently and I was just, I felt alive. I felt like so vibrant and colorful and awake. And I realized, yeah, this is where I need to be. So Hopefully we do that, but now we're present day. I'm a full-time content creator. I got managed and then I got dropped, which is a whole nother story. I can make a whole episode about that in another one. <laughs> oh my god. Um that was a doozy, let me tell you. Okay. Uh if I had dress issues before, I sure have dress issues now. And now I'm a solo dolo content creator. I realized literally I can do anything which is why I'm making this podcast I'm made merch I am getting back into YouTube like all these things that I've added numbers and like a certain presence to I realized they're literally pretend there's no specific number at which I need to have podcast to make sense you know there's no specific number to make merch like if I want a sweatshirt I'm gonna make a sweatshirt if I want to talk to my girlies I'm going to talk to my girlies. So here we are. From now on, every podcast is going to be um, structured a little bit differently. I'm going to start off by reading your Ask Your Angels question. That will be the theme of the episode. Then I'm going to be talking about my personal experience and my advice for you. And I will be ending the episode off with advice from our fellow cherubs. So this week's Ask your angels. Uh, Cherub asked my boyfriend. Oopsies. My boyfriend and... Oh my god. I keep burping. I had a poppy in between letting my camera cool down. And do not tell me that my camera is overheating again. My boyfriend and I keep arguing. Can we stop this and make us work? 
And my answer to that is usually people argue from a place of frustration and lack of understanding, right? If someone doesn't get what you're saying, you start getting aggravated and frustrated and you start raising your voice and you start maybe having a little bit of a fit, right? So before you start raising your voice or before you start responding, really sit and try to understand what someone is saying fully. Not understand it from your perspective, not understand it to be able to reply better, just understand where they are coming from, from their perspective, from their viewpoint. And once you fully understand, express to them, I am understanding you, I'm supporting you, I still love you. Maybe I disagree, maybe I don't, maybe I understand you better now. Whatever your stance is. And during all this, make sure you are being an attentive listener, an active listener, make eye contact, nod. Um, show with your body that you are listening, maybe scooting closer and show the person that like you're an alley. You're not the enemy here. It's not two opposing sides. It's a team and the team is just trying to be on the same page. So once you understand, maybe it could help to like regurgitate what they said to you to like confirm that you understand their perspective. And then when they are probably calm from the fact that they see that you're trying to understand, maybe try to express your point of view. Be like, okay, well, now that I think I understand your side, here's how I see it. And if you could try to extend me the same courtesy of really hearing me out and listening and being an active listener and well, (laughs) my husband just came in and was like, thumbs up. Um, You guys can come to a middle point or an agreement or whatever. But just understand that most agreement comes from frustration. And anger usually is like the more energetic version of fear, fear of being misunderstood. Um, Okay. But after you've listened and been kind to one another, realize that there's like two types of arguments, either like a big ethos or a little ethos if that's even the terminology. Um, Sometimes you're going to have arguments over big subjects, things that one will likely not change their opinion on. Like if you guys want to have kids or religion or something like that. And just know that if it's a big subject and you keep arguing about it, it's best probably to either leave it alone Or maybe you need to break up the relationship because you guys are not going to see eye to eye. And if you proceed the relationship, whether it be like a more serious relationship or marriage or whatever, um, and this argument keeps coming up, it's only going to break you apart further down the line. Now, if it's a small scale of an argument, maybe it's habit or a small little comment or an insignificant opinion. I know it sounds harsh to say it that way, but maybe it's like, I like blue and you like pink and I want to paint the bathroom blue and you want to paint it green. It's really not that deep. It's not going to change our entire life path one way or another. Um, So those things you can come to a compromise or if it's not that deep for you, you could ignore it, whatever. You can come to a compromise. You can heed the way to your partner. But basically, you need to decide if it's if the topic is going to reoccur 
or if it's a big enough issue where you're not willing to budge, they're not willing to budge. And if it's a big foundation argument, it might not be worth continuing to build on that foundation, if that makes sense. Also, I think it's important to note that you're going to have arguments in every relationship in your life, whether it be parental, professional, friendship, or romantic. You're always going to have disagreements with people. Even if you see eye to eye with someone, sometimes you're going to have arguments in the delivery or the vision or something. So don't throw away a perfectly good relationship if you don't want to argue because that's going to be every relationship. But if they're very harsh and aggressive arguments or if they're over large, huge, important topics, I would say maybe try getting out. Get out while you can. But now it's time for our cherub's advice for you. So one girly said, both need to focus on decentering ego and not react defensively. Respond with love. Exactly. It's not about you. It's about understanding the other person. Take yourself out of the equation and stop trying to understand it from your perspective or try, stop trying to just reply and just listen. Uh, this one says both need to learn to communicate with each other and if a lot of boundaries have been crossed then leave that's another great thing to point out is set your boundaries and expectations before an argument arises i always try to give constructive criticism or bring up boundaries when everyone's happy because someone is going to take it a lot better and actually take it in versus if you're in an argument and you say, don't yell at me. Well, now you're yelling, you know, and that boundary is not going to be heard. Whereas if you're happy and walking in a park and you're like, hey, babe, next time you feel um, a disagreement coming along, I would really appreciate it if you kept your voice at a, you know, indoor voice or as if you were talking to your mom or whatever. Uh, because they're more likely to respond. Okay, this one is a multiple part one. So let's see. It says, take a step back. I'm not saying break up, but take a step back if you want to initiate an argument. Take a step back. If the partner tries to start the argument, take a step back and think that having some time apart, even a few days, will allow you to see what you want or how you want your relationship to go. Sorry, four, four part thing, I think. LOL. That is hilarious. But yes, if you, I will say, um, taking a step back can be healthy unless you are just avoiding huge topics. Or even if it's a simple topic, you don't want to avoid something forever. But just taking a step back so that emo emotions are a little bit more level and calm and you can come with your nice words and logical thinking versus like heightened emotions. Um, someone says, if early, go careful. If together a while may just be a bump in the road, but you'll be closer after. So I I think this cherub thinks that if there's a lot of fights early on, you might as well just take the L and go. But if you have been together for a while, maybe stick it through and hopefully you can grow from this. I would say sometimes that mentality can actually lead to more pain um like 
oh, we've already been together for 10 years. Like, I just need to stick it out. Well, if you've already been 10, 10, if you've ever, if, if you've already been together 10 years and you're having problems, at least it's only 10 years and not 50 years, you know? So I would say just be careful. If you see a red flag, take it as a red flag and decide what your boundary is for those red flags. Is it two? Is it three? What is your number before you go? Um, one girl said, I need to hear this because I'm on the same boat. And another cherub said, address how both are feeling and communicate what bothers them slash why they're arguing. Definitely. But I would say if you are thinking about leaving, that's probably a sign that you should leave. Um, people that are happy in relationships aren't thinking maybe I should go or maybe I should take this as a sign to leave. So take that as a sign, whatever type of sign you're looking for. I think you know what you want to do, but I will say there's going to be arguments in every relationship. There's going to be problems in every relationship. It's just about how you address them. And I feel like people are put into our lives to learn lessons, um, whether you want to learn them or not. And sometimes we don't learn the lessons and the universe is going to send us a very similar person and you wonder why do I keep coming into contact with these type of people or why do I always get stuck in these type of situations well it's because the universe is trying to teach you a lesson you're not picking up on it so it's going to keep trying to teach you the same lesson so just be very aware and mindful of what circumstances you're being hit with see how you can address them and grow from them that way if you want to grow with them and grow with your partner, then great, you're evolving your relationship. But if you want to grow and learn and move forward without them, then you also took that lesson. So again, not everything happens for a reason. It's up to us to assign a reason and learn whatever lesson we need to, we think we need to learn. So I don't think it's the universe telling you, you either need to break up or you need to stick this through. It's whatever you take this to be. Um, but either way, you need to gather something from this situation and not just move forward and avert any sort of emotional lesson, if that makes sense. But anyways, Cherubs, that was the first episode of Cherub Chats, getting to know how a star was born and all about me. I hope you found this interesting. Um, I feel like I blacked out a lot of my life so this isn't even all of it. This is just what I can recall and just like a summary of my life and what I've been through and the circumstances that I have seen. I hope after hearing this, you realize that you're not alone. And actually, I think I want that to be the tagline. Just know you're never alone when you're part of the Cherub Club. Because I think in my life, I've always felt very lonely and very isolated and left out and I think I need to realize that it's not about finding my group sometimes it's making my own group and forging my own path and that's what I'm doing here I'm making my own way it's not conventional it's not according to certain standards and certain markers it's just what I feel like doing you know so anyways don't forget to rate comment and leave a review on this podcast I would really appreciate it because when you 
rate and review and leave a comment on this more cherubs can find it and see it and hopefully our community can grow and hopefully we can help more beautiful little cherubs don't forget to follow me on instagram both at heather michelle and cherub chats pod to participate in next week's ask your angel yeah that is all for today i love you guys and i hope you have a wonderful day okay oh my we did it we did the first episode that was a doozy i've been recording for literally hours like since six o'clock it is 11 49 crying tears of joy i've been filming this for hours like you if you're watching this on youtube you can see the dead eyes and now i'm gonna stay up and edit it so it can go up on seven seven baby okay love you bye